For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, folks, here on the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL Draft Analyst. Ryan Roberts, and we're continuing on with our positional rankings as the 2022 NFL Draft is getting really, really close at the end of April. We're recording this middle of March, right on St. Patrick's Day. Today, this position group that we're going to be talking about is the receiver group. And you might remember the past couple of years, folks, that the receiver classes were historic. We had guys like Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddell, Justin Jefferson, high-impact rookies for their teams, but this year, we we don't really have that class, but it doesn't take away from the quality of the class. It's still a very, very good group, and there's some potentially really good starters that can step in from this receiver class. Do do you agree on that, Ryan? Yeah, no, I I think the depth of the class is fantastic. I think it's even got depth up top. I mean, we were just talking before we started the show, and I there's four wide receivers that I think legitimately should be kind of slam dunks as first round draft picks. So there might not be a record setting player like a Justin Jefferson, whose record was broken the next year by Jamar chase, but like (laughs) you can talk me into this class, having a couple thousand yard receivers or at least close to a thousand yards. And there's a lot of, a lot of role players in this class for sure. So it's a great class, man. It might not be all at top as good as the last two, when you kind of just put everything in a vacuum, but I think that it is equally as, as, deep as the last two. And I still think that the top is very good as well. Yeah, certainly some really good playmakers in the group. And just because it doesn't stack up with the last two doesn't mean that there isn't talent amongst these guys that we're going to be discussing. It just means that we're not going to have somebody who breaks the receiver rookie record yet again. There's a possibility of it, but the likelihood is far less than we've had in the past. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, we're... Again, man, like two straight years of guys that went over 1,400 yards receiving as rookies. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I know, you know, we just saw Jamar Chase that was part of a big reason why the Cincinnati Bagels made a Super Bowl run. Like I don't think there's a Jamar Chase in this world, in this um, in this draft, but I think there's a lot of guys that are pretty close. Like I think that this is a really good group. So I'm excited about it, man. It's, I mean, it is firmly draft season. We're only, we're only a few weeks away from the big day. I was at the mm-hmm. Villanova pro day yesterday. Like the pro day circuit is upon us, man. Like it's, it's exciting. So I'm ready to talk about these wide receivers for sure. All right. We're going to get into that before we do though, folks, I just want to tell you about today's sponsor, which is bet online. We've got a lot of college basketball action happening right now. Today is Thursday, which is the first day of March madness. So you're probably just sitting down to watch some of these games. You might've watched some of them. There is plenty more action to go on. It's probably a pretty good chance that your brackets already busted after the first game. And if that's the case, Make things a little fun. Go and bet on these games instead of being pissed off that you're out of your 
$20 bracket challenge that you did with your office pool. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is the number one spot for all of your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including their bracket contest, where you have a chance to take home the top prize. Head over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Ryan, we've been starting these shows with a, a sleeper pick, and we've got a guy who's a friend of the show that you decided to go with, uh, somebody who ran pretty well at the Combine, looked pretty strong at the Senior Bowl, somebody who that kind of stood out to me when I was watching practices. You picked Bo Melton from Rutgers. Not often that we have a Rutgers guy on uh, on a list or, or getting recognition. It feels like it's been decades since, we, <laughs> since we've been able to do that. But why'd you pick Bo Melton as your sleeper? Yeah, I mean, so Bo, I was really excited about Go, Bo going into the season, which is why I had him on during the summer, because he was coming off of a junior year where I think Rutgers had only played in six football games, but he had over 600 yards. So he was averaging over 100 yards receiving per game. He has right around the same receiving yards this year because, man, it was Rutgers' offense was just really bad. <laughs> Their quarterback play is really bad. And I think it really did kind of hold back the athlete that he is. And then he went to the Senior Bowl. I thought he dominated. I thought he was one of the better route runners there. Goes to the combine and he made me a smart man, Joe. I remember posting a, a tweet in the summer where I said, I think Bo Melton is a 4-3 athlete. And then he runs 4-3-4 at the combine, has like a 38-inch vert. So like checking boxes as a player. And it, he came as an athlete, I should say. And I remember when he came out of New Jersey, actually, I believe he went to Cedar Creek here. I remember seeing him play and he was just the best athlete every time he was on the field. And he did the same thing at Rutgers. I think it was their leading receiver three straight seasons even though the Rutgers program has been kind of struggling at points recently, uh, to say the least. Hopefully, you know, Coach Shiano back, hopefully they really start getting pushed in the right direction. It seems like they are, but, you know, he was uh, definitely deficient by some things around him. Some guys kind of held back the production a little bit, but I think he's a kid that third, fourth round is going to get drafted. And he's just going to be a really good number two or number three receiver. Like maybe not the most flashy guy, but he has good deep speed. He can he can work in the slot. He can do things in space. And I just think that he's going to be a really productive player at the next level. Yeah, Bo Milton certainly a good name to keep an eye on. And again, it just it feels so weird bringing up a Rutgers player. And you talk about those <laughs> deficiencies because of the guys that are around him. That's certainly going to weigh down. <laughs> Guys, especially coming from Rutgers, uh, you know, me being a North Jersey guy, you only hear, you know, scary things coming out of that program. But since they brought back Shiano, it seems like everything is trending in the right direction. Who was the coach before that was Ash? Chris Ash. Yeah. Chris Ash, man. I only heard bad things about him, man. That was not, <laughs> not a good football program, but Shiano, dark, it seems Dark better. times. Dark times in Rutgers football, man. Dark times. And they're, they're on the come up, but Bo Melton might be the the, the first, uh, you know, that first guy that gets drafted moderately high. I would say anywhere on day three is pretty high for a Rutgers player. So that could kind of start a string yeah. of things uh, going forward. On the flip side, Oh man, this is I I am not ready for the blowback that is going to come from this. Okay, so most overhyped. Yep. We've done this on the past couple shows. We haven't really said anyone too controversial. And last show when you did Jalen Weidermeyer, he at least made your top five. Right. But today's most overhyped. You went with a guy who some people have in a, in, in the top ten, 
And you also went with a guy that many people consider to be wide receiver one in this class. And people were really excited about after the combine. I'm not going to spoil where he sits in your rankings. But you went with Chris Olave as the most overhyped. And I, I, is it because that everyone is is starting to trend him in that wide receiver one? That actually, I can't even go with that because like where you've placed him shows that you're really out on him. I'm not Joe. A second round grade is not really out on a player. Okay, it's like I'm saying this every, kid. Wait, 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 wait. Considering yeah, where everyone else has him, to have him outside of uh, of the first round, I think is means you're you're pretty out on him. Okay, then I'm out on him. I guess. Look, I, he's a thinly built wide receiver who has good straight line speed. He's a he's a good route runner. That stuff is all good. I don't think that he's a guy that's going to give you much after the catch. And he has a deficiency when you're talking about play strength. He is not going to be able to play on the line of scrimmage a ton. He's going to be a guy that is going to be pressed down the field and is going to get hit, hit off of his route on out of his stem. So. I am out on him to a degree, I guess, because I just don't see high upside as a number one receiver. The guys in front of him, I think at least four out of five of my top five, I believe could be true number one wide receivers, alphas. I don't see Chris Olave in that vein. I think that Chris Olave could be a really darn good second receiver in the NFL. And I think that he has that type of upside and he has good speed and everything is good in there. But if we're talking about him as the first receiver off the board, I'm completely out. If we're talking about it as a top 10 pick, I'm completely out as well. If you talk to me that he might sneak into the back half of the first round, I would be okay with it. I wouldn't love it, but I would be okay with it because I have a second round grade on him. So I'm, I obviously I'd like him to a degree, but if we're talking about him in that vein, then Joe, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a lot lower on Chris Olave because I don't see wide receiver one. I don't see high volume receiver at the next level. I see a good departmentalized second option to a passing game, which is nothing wrong. But I think that when you talk when you talk about his physicality limitations mm-hmm. and his almost no ability to win after the catch, I think that there's some limitations to him. That's all I'm saying. So let me ask you this because yes. I, when I say that you're out on him, I, I'm not I'm not trying to say that you hate him, which I think is a misconception that a lot of people have when when they tune into draft shows is that when you're not at least closely aligned with what everyone else is saying, they assume that you hate a guy. doesn't mean that you don't like him as a prospect. But because of where everyone else has him and you're very far off from what everyone else is saying, why do you think other analysts are hyping him as wide receiver one or at least wide receiver two draftable in the the top 20? Because, I mean, there's a lot to like about him. There's a lot to like. He's a good route runner. He creates separation. He has speed. And he's been a producer for th- four years now for Ohio State, three years at a pretty high level. But I think that you've seen him start to get passed up by guys. Like, there's going to be another Ohio State receiver, not to, you know, not to break news here, but there's going to be another Ohio State receiver that's firmly in my top five. So I think that it's just he's been on the cusp for a long time. I think everybody has accepted that he's a very good receiver. I think his floor is high. But just compared to some of these other guys, I just don't think the ceiling is quite near, is nearly as high. And I don't think he projects as favorably as some people think to as a number one option as wide receiver. So I think that some people just have a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to call it a false opinion, but like their mm-hmm. opinion is based upon the fact that he, they, they have a really solid baseline. And if you're working for a floor, like if you want a floor and you don't worry much about, about the ceiling, cool, take Chris Olave and I'd be okay with it. But, I mean, not top 10 pick, man. Not top 15. Are you going to put this kid as your number one receiver next year on the line of scrimmage and say, like, yo, dude, go do your thing? Like, I don't see that. I just don't see it. 
All right, that's a fair point. And we're going to roll into your top five. Before we do, though, where does he sit in? Because he's not a part of this list of your top five receivers. Where does he sit just for some context? He would be six or seven. It would be a fight at number six between him and Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Like that would be where I almost got Jahan in on the list. I ended up putting a guy that I think just has a little more upside at number five. Because again, I'm an independent scout. I have a little more ability to kind of go for the ceiling, right? Because my job is not on the line if the, if this guy doesn't pan out. So he would have been six or seven, depending on his battle with Jahan Dotson. Two players I really like, but two players that I think just from a, a physical profile perspective, I don't think that they quite align to a number one wide receiver at the next level. So your number five guy, though, once we start hitting these players, you went with George Pickens from Georgia, who I, I feel like not, not typically brought up in the top five, but... I think a lot of people are, are have kind of forgotten about him in terms of what his what his abilities are. This is a tall, long receiver. This is a guy that has really good athleticism. I think he ran in the four fours. I want to say yes. in, at the combine. So Pickens has the traits, and you're talking about ceiling. I think he fits that that perfectly. What you're talking about because his production wasn't necessarily there at you know all right. the time, but a lot of traits. Why did you go with him at number five? Well, I mean, he was very productive when he played. Obviously, he dealt with the injury this year, so he only played in, I think, two football games, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. He's got a long, athletic frame, former five-star recruit coming out, and he runs in the 4-4s. He's a good athlete, like, all around. And I think there's explosiveness. I think there's physicality where he has a demeanor where I say that he could be an alpha at the next level. I think that he does. There's more projection to him, obviously, because he hasn't played as much as a couple of these other guys. So you are taking a gamble with a guy like George Pickens. But I think the upside is just much at a higher level than a couple of the guys who just missed the list, which is why Pickens is in this spot. Now, my biggest worry with Pickens, honestly, Joe, is not the injuries because he had one injury that cost him the majority of the season. It's not like this has been a string of, of injuries. My guy has gotten a few penalties on the field for some uh, <laughs> unsportsmanlike un- conduct, okay? There was like some instances of like squirting water on dudes and starting fights and like he's just – He's, he's got, got an edge. Little, he's got an edge to him. He does. And if you're able to harness that edge, if he falls into the right situation, I think that you can get a number one receiver. But also, there's the other side where it could go terribly wrong if he's in the wrong situation. So He's the he's the Trevor Penning of wide receivers. He's do, volatile. Do what you want with that. <laughs> he's, he's a volatile dude, man. He's a volatile dude. But I think the volatility could help him turn himself into a number one option if everything shakes out the way it can. Okay, going on to number four, you have Traylon Burks from Arkansas. There there was this buzz that this guy was going to run in the four threes. Big, bulked up receiver. Kind of not as massive, but built a little bit like uh, like DK Metcalf. But he doesn't run in the four threes like Metcalf does. Still has a really good combine. And I think that that got lost in the the shuffle because everyone was expecting him to have 11-inch hands, which he did not. Everyone expected a fast 40 which he did not have, but still a, a very good receiver. And I think the other thing, too, that comes with Burks, uh, his his like on-field speed was one of the fastest in, in the country or something. I, for, I forget what it was off the top of my head. Yeah, it was probably GPS tracking, I would assume. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he had that one, I guess, what was it, Alabama, where he just like yeah. an angle and – yeah, that man. He, he's he's real. Like these, this top four here. These are all first round players, in my opinion. Like they all should go firmly in the first rounds. And, and Traylon is a kid who, if you go back to 2020, was used a lot similarly to how Lavisca Chenault was used at Colorado. So he was basically a glorified slot receiver that they would send in motion. They would give handoffs to. They would throw swing screens, and he wasn't 
progressed as a wide receiver as well as the staff could have due to that. This year, I thought he got a lot better. They used him a lot more outside. He has a really big catch radius. He's a guy that can win above the rim. He has shown the ability to win through contact. He is incredibly explosive. I, I mean, the the speed, I think, is is sufficient, especially for his size. He reminds me a lot of Demarius Thomas. I think that he can do things mm-hmm. after the catch. I think he's explosive. I think it's all good, man. He, you know, he doesn't have eleven inch hands, but it's still nine and three quarters. So he still has good hands, and everything is just plus with a kid like this. The problem is, and the reason that he's behind a couple guys is because there is some limitations as far as flexibility. This is not going to be the greatest route runner of all time. He's not going to have the most advanced route tree in the business. Like there's just going to be some routes where you're just not going to ask him to run, and that's fine because DK Metcalf has a lot of routes that he also doesn't run. But if you use him correctly, the kid is an absolute weapon. And I think that in a similar vein, not the same type of player to a DK Metcalf, but I think that if you use Traylon Brooks correctly, he is a mismatch waiting to happen. And to reiterate, this is not a direct comparison of DK Metcalf and Traylon Burks, but still, nonetheless, very, very talented player in Traylon Burks. And number three, you have Jamison Williams, who ends the season with a, a serious knee injury, is currently in the process of recovering from that. Uh, it sounds like his recovery is going ahead of schedule and he should be available for the start of the season. But as we know, with a knee injury like that, uh, I believe it was an ACL, you always want to be cautious. So he might not necessarily be available right off the bat. Whatever team he ends up on might decide to take their time with him. Mm-hmm. That does come into play on where he's going to be projected to be drafted. But at, at, at one point before that injury, he was, I think some people were saying, possibly the first receiver off the board. You have him at three. What are your thoughts on him? And then also maybe how the injury could come into play. Well, I mean, the injury comes into play and I'll start to, obviously I'll answer that question first. I do think that he would have been the favorite to go number one, the first wide receiver off the board. Top 10, top 15, I think was very possible for a guy like a Jamison Williams because he brings a level of speed. that just a lot of guys don't have, man. Like this is a legit four, three kit. If he would have ran four, two, eight, I would have been like, I believe it because the kid can absolutely fly. So I mean, transfer from Ohio State, who had barely played over the over the previous couple seasons, and then he comes to Alabama, and he is just the breakout star in college football among wide receivers. So he had a dynamic season. I think that the injury is going to cause him to go from wide receiver one probably to wide receiver two or three. That's fine. I Honestly, Joe, I had a very good debate here between my wide receiver two and wide receiver three. I almost flipped them, just going back and forth a little bit because they're very different football players, like size-wise, athletic athleticism perspective. But I, I ultimately put Jamison here because I think that Jamison brings a level of dynamic ability that not a lot of guys bring. But also, he's a, he is a smaller framed guy. So, you know, he's going to be a Z receiver on the next level. You're, like, you're not going to make this guy an X and put him on the line of scrimmage. So I think there is some dependence to where he plays as far as alignment. But I think that he's dynamic, man. And if you need a deep threat, you need a guy that can make guys look just silly after the catch, breaking angles and doing all that type of stuff, being a dynamic weapon. I think Jamison could still go maybe the first wide receiver off the board because I think the teams it's going to be easy for teams to bet on this type of speed. So after him, you have Drake London from USC, and it feels like London has has created some buzz over the cycle, despite you know not participating in the combine because he's dealing with that ankle injury. But man, uh, amongst this group of players, that it seems like it's all speed, explosiveness, and and smaller players, except for Burks. Um, you have Drake London, who's this tall, long possession receiver. You have. Um, 
you have the, the you were the one who came up with that initial comp of of Brandon Marshall. Where where do you sit on London? I'm I I think it's really interesting that you have him here at two. There may be no player in this class that grew on me more than Drake London in this cycle, man. Like I remember in the summer, I was just like, I like him, but like, I don't know. Like he doesn't create separation a ton. And then you see that he has a little more hip sync than you would think for a guy as big as he is. Like, I think he can run routes. I think his deep speed is not great, but I think it's sufficient. And I think that he's one of the best yak guys after the catch, which is kind of where the Brandon Marshall, you know, conversation starts for me because he is just an incredibly physical dude. I mean, he'll stiff arm you to the ground after the catch, and he is just a tough guy to handle um, handle in space. So there's a lot to like with the Drake London and a lot of things that I like about him. You know, there's there's a lot. So I, I'm excited about him, and he obviously pulled in number two. And I will say this, Joe, I don't – I wouldn't be shocked – and this might be a hot take. I don't know. Uh-oh. I wouldn't be sh- I wouldn't be shocked if Drake London is the first wide receiver off the board. I think it's possible. Even, I, I've, even been, though it's not testing. I've been seeing some people projecting that, so I don't know if that's a crazy hot take. I, I got told by someone that is close to the situation. I can't drop names, obviously. Okay. But he may very well be in play at pick 10 to the New York Jets. Let's just say wow. the Jets have a just have an infatuation with uh, with Drake London. So that, that's just a little bit of my inside info there for everyone. Interesting. That's pretty crazy to think that that Drake London could be the first receiver off the board, even though he he hasn't participated in any of the offseason happenings, uh, unlike some of these other guys. But someone who did participate, who is your number one receiver, Garrett Wilson from Ohio State, in your eyes, the better Ohio State receiver. He had a quietly really good combine because everyone was geeking out how over how uh, Olave ran in the four twos. The number was faked. And then Garrett Wilson ironically runs a faster time than Chris Olave. But why are you higher on Garrett Wilson over Olave? And why do you think he stands out as number one amongst the group? I've been talking about it for, for, for months, man. Like this is my draft crush. Like it really is. This kid, there, there's only one wide receiver because I mean, I've already talked about it. Traylon Burks, I think can win after the catch. And I think that he can win at the catch points. We talked about guys like George Pickens who are a little bit of the same. We talked about guys like Chris Alave at the beginning that can win as a route runner and a little bit with his deep speed. We talk about guys like Jamison Williams who can win vertically with that big time speed. But I think there's only one player in this class that can win in every one of those ways that I just mentioned. And I think that's Garrett Wilson. He can win after the catch. He can win at the catch point because he's a springy athlete with very strong hands. He can win as a route runner and he can run past you. Like he can do all those things. In my opinion, I was a little surprised that he ran four, three, eight, but I thought he was going to be in the four, four somewhere, but still you see the speed, you see the explosion, you see the flexibility. He's got strong hands. He's got, I think his hands were just as big as Traylon Burks, which is pretty absurd to think That's about, nuts. right? Yeah. Only a five eleven and six A. So really the only thing that people can poke holes in is that he's five eleven and six A's and he's not six foot. Like, okay, dude, That's all. <laughs> this kid for me, Sounds like me on my hinge profile. (laughs) Because I put him six foot, and I'm sure you know Garrett Wilson's got that on his on his roster. Oh, absolutely. Then you show up, and they're like, "This guy's not six foot." (laughs) I mean, yeah, no, there's been way worse, uh, way worse uh, listings in the world. But I remember when, um, uh, man, I'm thinking. I remember when uh, Eric Berrier, his thing said he was six one, and he's like five eight. Oh yeah, don't Uh, don't do my man, Eric Berrier. Like 
Eric Berry is tiny, so to, for anyone yeah. to say that that dude is is six foot is is he was six one needs... on the roster, dude. He was six yeah. one two ten on the roster. Yeah, yeah, yeah that that that's some real like. There's usually roster fudging, but man, that is roster fudging. Yes, then, that is. If that's true, then then Cole Kelly's seven feet tall. <laughs> which i mean might be might be she'll play she'll play basketball instead of football um uh, yeah but sorry you're, you're giving me off track man sorry garrett sorry, wilson sorry. garrett wilson wide receiver one i see a lot of antonio brown in his game luckily i don't think i think he's got a better head on his shoulders so i, I see a lot of, of that type of Seems profile like in him yeah yeah that's that's it's scary to mention antonio brown as a as a player comp but i mean Still, a, a, in terms of his his athletic capability, yeah, it's a great comp because Antonio Brown at one point before he went absolutely insane was really really good. The best receiver in the NFL before he went really insane. So, yeah, pray for Antonio Brown, Ryan. You did miss one guy that I just want to hit on before we wrap oh. up. Jahan Donson from Penn State is just on the outside, and for any of our listeners and Penn State fans wondering where the hell is Jahan Dotson. Uh, how come he didn't factor in to your your top five? And you mentioned that he was a close six or seven tied with Chris Olave. Uh, where do you see him him slotting? Yeah, I, I mean, so Jahan Dotson probably would have been six for me. It would have been it would have been a question between him and Olave. Jahan Dotson is another one similarly to Drake London, where I was very hesitant going into the season. Very hesitant, but I thought he really improved as a route runner, ability to line up all over the place. Like in 2020, I thought they kind of just used him as like a catch point dude, which was weird at 5'10", 175 pounds. He reminds me a lot of Emmanuel Sanders. I think he has a chance to be a really, really good number two receiver on a good football team. Like that's who he reminds me of. He just has this very clear understanding of how to attack blind spots, getting in and out of breaks, create instant separation. He's not the biggest guy, so there's going to be some deficiencies as far as his play strength. But as a departmentalized weapon, I'd like Jahan Dotson a ton, and I think he's a firm mm-hmm. second-round player. Throwing out a lot of really good comps this show. A lot of, a lot of good comps for, for like, a, like me, in terms of me. that they're, if they're yeah. like, you're throwing up quality former NFL players as sure. comps is what I'm saying. It's, it's a really good class, man. It's a really good class. Ask me about my uh, comp to uh, Christian Watson. Go ahead, do it. It's Tim Patrick. No. Who's no, your that comp was, for? Uh, that was, was Connor Rogers. Actually, I, I did like that comp from Connor Rogers, though, by the way. It's a, um, I think that's a great comp because like, I don't is. think Christian Watson's going to be someone's number one receiver. I, I don't think. I, and I hype up Christian Watson a crap ton. Oh, but do? I don't think he's a number one. Re- <laughs> Fuck oh, wait, wait, I'm not allowed to curse. I'm not allowed to curse. Somebody put a review that I, we curse too much, which I never do, except like once in a while. Except but, right now. Except, except right now. I almost just did. But I, yeah. I hype up Christian Watson, but I, I don't – I'm realistic in the sense that I know that he's not going to be like an elite top five receiver or someone's number right. one receiver. He's a really good piece like Tim Patrick. Mm-hmm. Like Tim Patrick, Tim Pat- great. He's the third Tim receiver Pat- on that team. Tim Patrick's is one of the most like underrated good football players in the NFL, man. Like yeah. he's, just, he's just good at everything. Yeah. Uh, I was going to, I was going to say Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams was a good, really good he deep threat, long guy. One. Like yeah. it works, man. It works with how he wins. Like that was exactly so how he's used it. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about the quality of player. I'm not talking about the, I mean, cause when Tyrell Williams plays, he's one of the better deep threats in the NFL and he's six foot four with long arms. Like that's just what I see with the Christian Watson personally. Where did he go to? Western Oregon. Went to a small school, yeah. That's a rain. I like that comp. I think that's a that is a pretty good comp for for him. Um, 
Ryan, that's going to be it from us. We've got more positional rankings coming for you next week. Enjoy March Madness this weekend, folks, and also enjoy St. Patrick's Day celebrations. Uh, if you are not already currently drinking, make sure you start drinking. Talk to you later, folks. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.